it's a great pleasure to have in our Zoom studio, Bruce Liu. Now, if you've not heard of Bruce Liu, you should have because he is a sensation right now, an overnight or maybe a kind of overyear sensation now. Um, Bruce, welcome to Hong Kong U Muse. Um, maybe you can say something about um, your greatest achievement in the last two years. Yeah, you're right. I think it's an overnight thing because, of course, you know, with all the preparations, but uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, right after the competition, uh, I mean, everybody's, I mean, they, I remember how crazy night it was, you know, because the results were announced around 4 a.m., I think, and then we had to this press conference and then this, you know, all this post-competition scheduling of the concerts, tours, and, you know, I was just like, I just wanted to go home after the intense competition, you know, and, but after that, until December, basically for another two months, we have to go on tour. And, uh, you know, I didn't prepare all this, you know, with my small luggage to, to Poland. And I have to, you know, go there until the half of the globe, you know, with my sweet case. So it was quite crazy. Yeah. And I remember I almost hated Chopin for two months. I can imagine. I should just let the uh, viewers know that you won the 18th International Chopin Piano Competition uh, last year. And of course, congr congratulations. But it must have been an intense, I mean, a crazily intense experience, right? Um, to actually go to that kind of competition. Uh, I mean, let me just put this in context because this competition only happens every five years. So, you know, it's not like, it's like the Olympics. You don't get, you know, you can't do this every year of your life, right? You've got to really train for this. Yeah. Uh, and you're in the same group of people as, you know, Martha Argerich and Christian Zimmermann and Polini as well, right? They're all winners of this competition. And I think Ashkenazi, he came second, must have been an off day for him. But um, I mean, that's an amazing achievement. I mean, what is it like to, first of all, go into that kind of competition and then to win it? I think, you know, I have came along with quite some competitions and I really was in a very, you know, not expecting anything position. I think that was uh, the mindset of me and which is, I think basically, maybe if I say something secrets, you know, that made me one, I would say this was the mindset I had, you know, of this without expecting anything. Basically after, you know, I think after the second round, I still remember that I was really, you know, preparing my suitcase and I was ready to leave because I thought, you know, if I got eliminated, you know, that would be fine. You know, I would just go home and keep the, keep the road on. You had no idea <laughs> yeah. how you did, like after the second round, at that performance, you thought, oh, maybe they don't like that. I'm going to go home. You never know, to be honest. And uh, so, you know, I just had this mindset without thinking to, in a competition. So I think the most important is just really focus on what you're doing, you know, all the details of the things and not to be you know, overwhelmed or anything by the, because you know, in the competition atmosphere, if you're not in Warsaw, you know, you, you really know that for Chopin in, in Warsaw is really like the Olympics, we not exaggerating, like the whole country is, is watching this and it's, uh, you, re you get recognized on the streets right away. And you know, it's just crazy, you know, and now when I still go to go there, you know, I got recognized on the airport and things, you just suddenly you just feel like a rock star somehow. And, uh, you know, you just have to keep focusing on what you're doing, basically. And, you know, and all these things just, you know, come here more like a distraction sometimes. Well, that's amazing because, you know, I think if I'm correct, uh, you're the only 
a winner where I think all the judges on the panel unanimously voted for you to go into the next round, and yet you kind of had already packed your bag every time. So, I mean, that's an extraordinary achievement in itself that you could persuade such a big, diverse panel to say, yes, that's the guy for the next round. Yeah. That, that's that's some luck, you know. It's uh, because my my playing style is, you know, even even before the competition, I, I go there. My teacher is somehow a little worried sometimes because I play Chopin in a very uh, not unique, but you know, not so conventional way. Let's say, and you know, I like to put a lot of personal touch, and uh, you know, usually people already have some kind of uh, cliche, you know, ideas of Chopin like nostalgia you know and sadness all these things but i played in a very happy way <laughs> and and um, maybe because of covid i don't know the the current you know life and changed my mindset but that was my also it fits my kind of uh, mindset so everything just went together and i was saying i was thinking uh you know i didn't really care if people would like or not you know i just wanted to present the way i think about this music and uh, the rest is just, you know, go with the flow. Well, that's amazing. I mean, so you have a have very happy Chopin in mind when you play Chopin. But I mean, in a way, you, you've raised a very interesting issue about uh, how do you interpret Chopin, given that there is so much tradition, <laughs> right? There is so much formula, as it were, to Chopin now. And people would trace their lineage back, you know. I, I, I studied piano with so-and-so who was so-and-so, and then that person studied with Chopin, that kind of thing. So I am the Chopin kind of interpreter. So for you, how do you kind of cope with that kind of Chopin heritage? I mean, do you just say, well, I'm not going to bother you know, with any of this stuff. I'm not going to listen to other pianists. I just do my own happy Chopin. Is that how you do it? Um, I think both, to be honest. We, of course, that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the value of classical music is that there is a certain, uh, you know, there's always a certain rules, let's say. And uh, so that's, what makes it good and bad, you know? <laughs> good is that, you know, at least we have a certain, you know, way to say this is good or not. Unlike, you know, some other kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, of domain or, you know, when it's really hard to judge. So at least this is something we have, you know, we have a history and you know, we have, you know, ways to compare. And the bad things, of course, is that it's easy to get frozen, you know? It's uh, because arts, I think mm. the most dangerous thing is that it, it gets in a, in a in a in a direction that's uh, just everybody will play like the same way, you know, and that's the danger of nowadays with all the technology and all the you know the the world uh, financially you know becoming because when you go to a mall for example nowadays you know it's it just looks the same you know we don't know if it's New York or you don't know if it's in you know China or Japan whatever and it's like uh, i think that's the danger you no know? because of course in the past when you see it from french school russian school german school everybody plays so differently and nowadays of course with technology we have improvement in certain things but it's important to keep the personality so um, that was something i have been working for a lot how to combine you know at the same time this history of understanding and also that uh, we can put some personal touch always with important is that with good taste and in the right uh, convincing way you know it's most important no i think you describe your playing very well there because you know it seemed to me i mean from just hearing things on youtube and so on your recent recording um that you know your chopin is not quirky it's not idiosyncratic but it's very distinctive it's, it's a very distinctive um 
Bruce Liu kind of sound to it. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But you mentioned all these different schools, like the French school, the German school, of course, the Russian school. And of course, you come from a kind of diverse background, right? Because your parents are from Beijing and you grew up in Paris and then you, you moved to Canada, which is also a land of great pianists, by the way. So, um, you know, in a way, your whole um, background is diverse. And so, you know, do you have a kind of school you feel attached to? Are you kind of Frenchy or, you know, <laughs> or do you have a kind of sense in which um, you're sort of combining different traditions together or trying to sort of navigate something that is quite different because of your background? No, that's a, that's a question I've thought a lot. And uh, I think there's not a particular one that I can <laughs> refer myself. So, so yeah, I am a monster creature. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I think if you want to find some, you know, some elements from each, it's possible. But then it's really, you know, uh, I think I kind of just created, let's say, uh, you know, a way of my own, mostly. Yeah. Right, there's right. certain there's certain values that I take from each culture. I think that's what's interesting, you no? Know, because as I, I often say, that the the only thing that we all have in common is is our difference. Well, you're <laughs> so right. This, this is um, <laughs> yeah. So this is um, this is the point basically. So what have you taken then? I mean, say from I think there is um, well, I think there's developing a kind of China kind of school of pianists too, right? They think there's so many of those pianists now. But of course, the French school goes back a long way. And I think that, you know, in Canada, I don't know, I mean, there is uh, a whole lineage of pianists from, you know, from Glenn Gould and Angela Hewitt and so on. So what do you take from each tradition, you think, that has sort of done something to help you interpret music or develop your own technique and style of piano playing? Yeah, you know, as I said, even nowadays, for example, you listen to French pianists, it's really different from, you know, 100 years ago because uh, maybe he basically learned his education in Germany. And, you know, some, a lot of, for example, Chinese pianists nowadays or Korean, whatever, they're all over the places, you know, in Germany, France, England, whatever. So the word school is like uh, less and less clear, you know, let's say. And, mm. uh, I think the, the, the thing that remain is uh, is somehow that um, we use the word more like structure or colors and maybe that's the word that can still you know divides let's say that's uh, some people playing is more rational some others is more emotional and uh, and it always depends what your personality is that's I think that what matters me the most. Mm -hmm because you're basically playing your own role as an actor and uh, something good on other people might not be working for you. And that has always been, you know, the direction that guides me either for school, for teachers and for the way you play the piece, you know, and the way you choose the piece as well. And uh, I think that's very important how you make your own way. Let's um, talk a little bit about your style then. I, I like to talk about not Chopin, since you had so much Chopin going through you. Um, but I want to talk about a performance that, you, uh, that I saw uh, of you playing Beethoven's Hammer Clavier. Because what was uh, a revelation to me was that uh, when I hear you play Beethoven, I can hear more of you know, what you are like as a pianist. Uh, because it's a very distinctive way. I, I, 
I was, you know, blown away actually by the way you're doing things. You seem to have a huge concentration on articulation, touch, color, shape, and phrasing, right? That is not always the case, you know, uh, when you listen to something like the hammer clavier, because a lot of pianists, I guess because it says hammer clavier, kind of attack the piece with a hammer kind of thing and do a very kind of um, sort of macho performance of it. But your version of it was very colorful and very lyrical, actually. So I'm just wondering that, you know, the you, <laughs> the, the sort of the, the Liu in you, as it were, uh, <laughs> when, when I hear that Beethoven performance. Yeah, um, I think it was something very funny is that, you know, I have uh, even as you said, the Chopin is like a very uh, surprise for me because I never considered myself a really Chopinist player because, you know, as, you as I was really playing a lot of contemporary music before and that was somehow my strong point. And the, the Hammer Clavier project was somehow because of the Chopin competition was delayed for one year of COVID. So that's why. I wanted, you know, had all this one year time and I was thinking to learn some huge monster piece, you know, and then this one came to my mind. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know how to describe my play. <laughs> it's better to leave that to other people. Uh, but I think uh, for me, it's just that, uh, you know, playing every piece is, is like, uh, is really like reading in every person's life you know it's like it's really interesting because basically when you're learning the piece it's like you're seeing another person's story you know and that's always uh, intriguing for me yeah i mean when you uh, learn a piece like the hammer clavier or any chopin piece i mean do you uh listen to a lot of other recordings or do you want to as some pianists like to not listen to any recordings at all so that they can really find their own reading of the piece i mean what, what's your way of doing things I do listen, and uh, but um, maybe only at the beginning. And uh, I always the way I choose the pieces that is very simple. Is I start with reading the story behind the piece before I even touch the notes. That's very important for me. Otherwise, there's no meaning for me to learn the piece. You know, I have to know the story, and then I say if this this one it's you know have something like a chemistry with me. You know, and. Uh, and after that, I think, uh, after I start the piece, uh, technically, or, you know, when I'm reading it, and then I think I stopped listening. Right. Now, we were talking about the Chopin piano competition. We, we got waylaid by other questions, but we never got to the part where you won. So you won this amazing, you know, probably the, the top competition for pianists. I mean, and they announced it at four o'clock in the morning, you said, in Warsaw, which is quite bizarre <laughs> in itself. But, you know, you won this competition. Um, I mean, what was it like to win this thing? Or has it not sunken in yet? Well, you know, I haven't changed before or after. You know, I'm still me. <laughs> and, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm still me. And I think it's uh, at, at the moment I was so happy because... I only had one thing in my mind is that I don't need to do any other competitions for the rest of my life, which is ah, yes. pretty good. Cool. <laughs> but the uh, next thing, you know, it's very funnily, I didn't even celebrate. It was, you know, followed by so many bunch of, you know, of all the concerts and it's a huge demanding, you know, concentration. And I, I just think about it's a huge responsibility basically because how to, you know, maintain this kind of freshness, you know, in music and keep growing as an artist. That was something that came to my mind immediately. 
Well, this leads to my next question, really, because, you know, it's a very crowded market right now. There are a lot of young pianists trying to make it, you know, and they've all won all these competitions and so on. Um, but it's quite hard to sustain. And the world of classical music has also changed, right? Some people like to go for really big branding and all kinds of you know, innovative ways of sort of pushing your name, as it were. And other people are trying to, you know, go the old fashioned way of sort of just promoting their own musicality and, and, and piano playing and so on. So what's your strategy now? Uh, well, what do you want to do now that you've won this competition, you have a platform, how are you going to sustain this? What's the way you're going to uh, make this all happen? Yeah, I think it's to, you know, uh, keep doing what I'm doing, basically. And, uh, you know, to grow as an artist, not just playing piano, but also, you know, be interested. And as I was always, you know, in paintings and in other forms of arts and, you know, balancing your life, <laughs> it's... Now, you know, because with all the traveling and touring, it's very easy to fall into this, you know, busy schedule and have no time to reflect, you know, on the, on the later future, you know. So that's, that's something to have, you know, always in balance in short, you know, and long term. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's about, for example, my concerts are already booked until uh, 24. And, um, and I always know when I want to take a break and, you know, to have time for normal normal life and normal people's lives as well which is needed in my case and um yeah and the rest the thing is i cannot say you know what I exactly one in 10 years you know i might be a conductor a composer you know you never know or maybe not even the piano business anymore so uh i think this is some at least at least for for now you're, it's very clear you know, it's uh with all these engagements and the love of piano for me is there and just do it. <laughs> no, exactly. But would you ever be tempted by, you know, uh, big branding if people wanted to, you know, say, hey, you know, Bruce, you know, you should represent, I don't know, Gucci or something. <laughs> I, have I mean, you could do it. You have the kind of makings of that kind of personality, right? <laughs> I do, I do. I'm, I will not be against that. Uh, I don't see any contradictions with music, right? So, uh, yeah, that's fine. If that's going to be a good advertisement, let's go. And of course, you just signed with uh, Deutsche Grammophon, uh, which is great as well. And you have your amazing um, uh, album of, of the pieces that you played at the uh, Chopin competition now, which is amazing. Um, and of course, uh, in a way, they also will promote you in a particular way, right? They like to now package music um, uh, more thematically, uh, you know, with, with the titles and so on. Is that something you're interested in doing, sort of curating sort of music in a more thematic kind of way? Yeah, I think this is the, the nice, interesting aspect, you know, when we do recordings and live concerts. Because live concerts, I think for me, it's all about, you know, transmitting emotions to the audience. There's a live... Uh, you know, feeling and this this emotion is very strong. And when you're listening a CD, it's about you know creating, as you said, this atmosphere and this. There has to be a story, you know. Otherwise, for me, it doesn't make any sense to make a CD. It's uh, you know nowadays. <laughs> so uh, it's important, yeah. For example, my next album will be dedicated to French music, French composers, but not sounding so French. And that's that's my you know my peak a little bit. It's it's like a kind of French illusions kind of things, 
and um, you know, I try, there's a lot of connection between each pieces. And this is incredible because it's not like you're in a competition anymore. You just try to you know, play, let's say your best piece, but now it's really about creating a art form you know, instead, which is you know, I think much more imaginative. Yeah, and when you do that, of course, you have to have a much sort of broader understanding of culture. So I'm, I'm interested in what other uh, things you're interested in apart from piano music. Oh, I do karting a lot. Karting? <laughs> I like to race. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just, well, be uh, careful. Was... <laughs> it's not that dangerous. <laughs> like, yeah? I recently right, okay. know that uh, right after the competition, that one of my idols, you know, like Michelangelo, he's also a racer. And um, yeah, I think maybe the concentration of, you know, came from there. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I swim a lot as well. And, uh, but I like, you know, some calmer things. I like history and I like chess also. All right. So we'll be expecting some interesting albums from Deutsche Grammophon with um, karting and swimming and chess <laughs> uh, as themes then, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, because you're such a, uh, I guess, overnight sensation, um, there's not that much information about you uh, on the internet quite yet. So I think I have a series of questions, that are kind of quick fire questions about your favorite things that maybe we can see whether we can, <laughs> we can get some answers here. So things like, like what's your favorite color? So yeah, blue. what's your favorite color? Ah, blue. Your favorite food? Oof. Chinese and French? Hard to say a dish. Yeah, but not Canadian, obviously. Um, and then no. <laughs> what, about, um, your <laughs> what about your favorite pianist? Oh, it's Michelangeli. Yeah? Why Michelangeli? I don't know. I like the old school very much. You know, I can also say Corto and, uh, you know, right. uh, Friedman, you know. I really just admire their way of, you know, singing, you know, the phrase. I think which is something that has been disappeared for at least 20 years. Yes, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can hear some of that, actually. And what about your favorite piano? I mean, I've seen you play various uh, different types of piano, like Bosendorfer and Fagioli. Oh, Do you have a favorite? That's impossible to say because you know when we say it's not that I don't want I don't want to say a brand, but it's like every yeah. every brand, even every piano from every brand is so different, and yeah. uh, it's hard to generalize things, you know. Yeah, that's why I was asking because you know because you're a person of touch and articulation. I would imagine that different pianos would actually change the way you kind of try and get a particular sound out of a piece. Yeah. So when you were, yeah, so I think with the Fazioli, was that at the, at the Chopin piano competition? Did that change the way, you know, uh, you sort of played pieces, you know, when you confronted? It was, uh, that, a rare that's piano, the fun. Right? <laughs> Being a pianist, you know, you just adapt very quickly, you know. It's like, uh, I never played any Fazioli actually in any competition before, so somehow it was a risk, but uh, as I said, sometimes when you get uh, out of your comfort zone, it can pay off. Yeah, that's great. I mean, not all pianists like to try different pianos. I mean, some of them, you know, carry their own pianos around with them for their tours. Um, what about uh, your favorite composer? Oh, I can only say at the moment, maybe. Uh, I would say Ravel. Oh, Ravel. Is that going to be your next album? Or is that? Yeah. 
because you were doing the French stuff. Ah, amazing. Okay, Ravel. All right, and what about a favorite piece that is not for the piano? Maybe some, I don't know, Mozart operas, or otherwise it can be, you know, like, Teresa Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on your, what, what are you listening to right now on your, I don't know, iPod? Right now I'm listening to a lot of jazz, actually, like Billy Vance and Kiss Jarrett, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That Maybe makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a, a break time and I'm in a, in a cozy mood, you know. Do, do you play jazz? Uh, a, a classical musician faking some jazz, let's say. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you like Bill Evans and Keith Jarrett. I mean, they are kind of the, the, the pianist, jazz pianists, as it were. And uh, uh, do you have a favorite girl? Or maybe I shouldn't ask that question because everybody's seeming, seemingly asking that question of you. <laughs> <laughs> favorite girl, favorite type of girl? Or... No, 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 no. I'm not really going to ask that question. No, but it seems that every time people are interviewing you, they say, oh, you know, do you yeah. have all these fans writing to you and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so it seems to be a perennial question. Um, so that's cool. And um, so do you have a favorite um, professor at the University of Hong Kong? Well, it's you, no? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think I was going to that one. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Well, you know, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, talking uh, to you and with you and listening to all the fascinating things uh, that you're up to and the way you think about music and you know I wish you every success uh, in your career you are an amazing pianist uh, and everyone should definitely get hold of that uh, Deutsche Grammophon album and just hear the level of playing that you achieved live you know at that Chopin competition and I'm still you know, amazed that you were packing your bags after each round, because given that kind of playing, I mean, you must have been, you must have sensed that you were in a, in the flow. No, you must have sensed that something was happening in that performance that made you play like that. Actually, no, I was so in the clouds, you know, I, <laughs> it was somehow spontaneous, you know, even I remember before I was going on stage, I was still, you know, changing a lot of ideas, you know? So I was not really sure what I was doing in a way. And uh, so, you know, that's why I was unsure about everything. But uh, maybe this is the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of feeling when you're actually doing something good. <laughs> maybe you're right. And maybe that's why everyone should listen to that album because it is phenomenal. And maybe the secret of it is you didn't try that hard to make it happen. It was a kind of something that was spontaneous, spontaneous, new and fresh and inventive. And you can kind of hear that. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Bruce. Thank you.